Today's episode is sponsored by Youmore. Youmore helps us better understand and uplift our mental health with instant screening, data tracking, insights, and targeted exercises. I've had the pleasure of having both co-founders on the podcast, and I really admire what they do and love their vision behind the company. Youmore is the AI-powered mental well-being tracker that helps you build positive habits, change behaviors, and share your progress with friends, family, and physicians. Youmore's vision is to make mental health as seamless and as accessible as possible. Its purpose is to act as a support and prevention tool and to provide you with the data and insights to help you develop an awareness of your current mental state and stress levels. The way it works is very simple. You download the app for free on your smartphone. You fill in a quick questionnaire that will assess how you're currently feeling, which will act as a starting point, and it will check in with you daily to track your well-being over time and so that you are able to see your progression day by day. Youmore also gives you access to many evidence-based exercises which are designed to help you live your happiest and healthiest life. The goal of Youmore is to be your friend, is there to help and support you in your mental health journey. And to find out more, you can check out their website at youmore.app. Hey guys, welcome to Hope It Helps. Today's guest is Farah Karaki. Farah holds a master's degree in education and has over 12 years of experience in the field working as a teacher. She is someone who is extremely passionate about education and the impact that teachers can have on the lives of their students. During this episode, we discuss the evolution of schooling and how it has changed over the years. We shed a light on all the work that is done by teachers behind the scenes, why there needs to be an alignment between parents, teachers, and children, and lastly, what factors to consider when picking the right school for your kids. And the last message she wanted to share is academic excellence isn't everything and don't overwhelm your kids with unrealistic expectations. Please welcome to the show, Miss Farah Karaki. Hi Khaled, lovely to be here. Thank you for having me. Thank you so much for your time. I really appreciate it. So Farah, me and you, we got here in a very unexpected way compared to, <laughs> yes. compared to some of the other guests that I've had. A lot of them have been through LinkedIn or, you know, through friends or I reach out, whatever the case might be. And you actually reached out to me a few days ago and you're interested, you know, in launching your own podcast all about women empowerment, which I think is there's always space for it in the region. And I think it's super interesting. Yeah, um, I'm super excited about that. But yeah. I know it still needs a lot of work. Yeah, but we'll, don't we'll worry. get there. We'll get there. Guaranteed. It's a lot easier than you think. Um, and we were having throughout our conversation over the phone. I'm like, I felt there was a lot of chemistry between us. I'm like, oh, she there's a, there's a nice vibe here. Very easy. Yeah, to speak it was a to. very flowy, very organic conversation. Yeah, it was very yes. organic. Yes. And then uh, towards the end, I asked you what you do, and you told me you're in education, and you're working at schools, and you've been in it for over 12 years. And I could tell, you know, you were very, very passionate about it, and the importance of education, and thinking about curriculums, and teachers, and kids, and schools. So. I have a lot of people in my life that have kids about the same age as yours. So I was like, and it's an area that I'm not an expert in or I'm not very familiar with. So mm-hmm. I always like to learn. Inshallah, in a few years, I'll have my own. So uh, I thought it'd be really interesting to speak to you and learn more about you know yourself, your experience, your story. But before we get into everything, Farah, why don't you give all of us a little bit of background about yourself and we'll take it from there. Yikes, it's always very hard to talk about yourself. Or like when someone goes <laughs> yeah. like, okay, tell us about you. And then you go like, okay, what, what do we say? Do you talk yeah. about your personal? Do you talk about your professional? So I'm going to give you a mix of both. Sure. So uh, my name is Farah. I'm uh, originally, I'm from Jordan. I've uh, been born and raised in the Gulf region. Um, 
I studied uh, English language and literature as my BA. And I have a master's in education in TESOL, uh, which I got while um, being a full-time teacher. And at the same time, I had my first child. So I have two kids. Uh, Yasmina is seven and Khalid is uh, two and a half. Mm-hmm. And it's not easy, obviously, to I be in teaching and then come back home to two to, kids. <laughs> to continue teaching. <laughs> yes, that's, that's something, actually. Um, and uh, about myself, I'd say recently, um, maybe over the past two and a half years, I've been more into uh, my reading, my meditation, my journaling. Mm-hmm. At the same time, I've been more into my fitness sure. and all that. And I think I'm one of those people who can easily say that COVID changed me. It did change the way that I, I, I didn't want to go back to living the way I was before COVID. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I, I'd say I'm one of those people. And on the professional level, I've worked at different schools in Dubai here, private schools, and I've taught um, different curricula as well. I'm, I'm doing the IB curriculum now, okay. which is super interesting. I'll tell you more about it, I'm sure, in, uh, in a bit. And uh, I'm very passionate about the education sector. And I know it's, I would say it's very underrated. Not, underrated? Yeah, it is an underrated sector or it's not one of those jobs that people know how much effort goes into the execution of the, like the outcome of what <laughs> sure. happens and how um, the day-to-day life of teachers. So, but again, I, in a way, I don't think at this point I can see myself doing something else. Okay. I know I have a, like a lot of other things that I'm interested in or other hobbies. And, and as you said, I, I reached out to you about like the idea of me launching my podcast, but as like, let's say my, actual main source of income or my actual job or where I go to in the morning mm-hmm. I I love what I do you love what you do yeah so yeah <laughs> and I think that's I think that was something that was very very clear from our phone conversation like the way you spoke about it and I have like some like in like five minutes you gave me some like three amazing quotes I'm like wow this is fantastic and we're gonna dive into oh, really? them a okay bit. what are they I forgot <laughs> <laughs> I know we'll get to it don't worry okay please remind me um I want to start uh Farah, I guess from like where we are right now so what is, what's the reason you're so passionate about education? How did we get here? Was it always something that was a part of your life? Or did you, later in life, you try, you learned that this was an area that you were interested in? Mm-hmm. Tell us the story. What makes you so passionate about okay. it? Okay, I, I think um, at a point I did question, or like in my head I was asking, why is it that I wanted to become a teacher one day? But then, it, like, thinking about it, uh, I do come from a family that really values education. So okay. my uh Paternal grandparents, they were one of the first to open up a private school back in my hometown in Jordan, okay. back in the 70s. Um, oh, wow. Yes. Um, my aunt has like a PhD and she's like now the dean of psychology and she does her lectures at university. Um, one of my um, uncles actually became at a point in Jordan, the minister of education. Oh, wow. Okay. So okay. now okay. thinking about it, <laughs> okay. and, and it's not that like countless, so many other, let's say, um, Cousins of mine sure. who actually became lecturers or PhD holders, and whether it's like not just in schools, but even they pursued, you know, a higher education, became uh, professors at universities. Like academics. Very yes, extremely gotcha. academic. Gotcha. So I think th- the whole idea of being learners and being uh, very knowledgeable and reading books and digesting information—it was something that 
we grew up to. And you know when you remember your um, sitting with your grandparents, you know those big circles where everyone is there, all the families there. It would always be, in a way, there will always be a conversation about education or a conversation about learning and the love of learning and how my grandfather, who's like I'd say he's in his mid 80s now, and the stories that he tells about how he seeked his education and became who he is now, yeah. very inspiring. Back then, when education was really a privilege. Yeah, for sure. And you had to fight yeah. to actually be educated. So yeah, maybe maybe it was that, and it was the fact that I always loved studying. When I was a, in school, I'd say I was a nerd. Okay, I was, I was cool. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I would go out and all that, but I loved I loved studying. Okay, I loved reading. I loved. Uh, excelling academically sure. it gave me yeah. this satisfaction and yeah. I always had also I would say a good way in like you know when you had your study groups when you're in high school or all that I, I would help my friends out explain the lessons and so on and I think it just came naturally to me yeah and it sounds like you know the fact that you've been around that environment for majority of your life it's no surprise I guess that you ended up you know being a teacher in the education section my yeah. my grandfather uh, as well was a teacher in Palestine and in Kuwait. So he used to tell me stories as well of, you know, what they used to do and how, where they used to take the kids and how they would do it. And I'm like, man, how did you even... Yeah. I don't... Listen, respect to them. I don't think I could ever do it. No, no. <laughs> for, let me refer to I know I could never do it. <laughs> um, but education is something that I find very interesting because when I look back at my life um, and I reflect on, like, school and stuff, I'm like... What did I really like? What did I learn? Like, did it mm. teach me the like? I think nowadays where we are today, things like, um, and I've said this on multiple podcasts with other guests about you know, the education about us, about how our brains work, about emotions, about mental health, well being, yeah, well being. You know, um, things like life skills, like sales, like you know, these kind of things that are intangible and they're applicable in all areas of life. Mm-hmm. So when I think back and like I'm like I'm inshallah and when I have my own kids, I'm like my dad always says this, he's like, Listen, you need something to get everyone to a certain level. What you do after is up to you. Mm-hmm. That's kind of what university is. But he's like, that's kind of the point of school. From my perspective, I think school from a social aspect, super important for like Definitely. a child and development and their development. To learn leadership, to make mm-hmm. friends, uh, to learn how you know, not everybody's going to be nice and how are you going to deal with that? Exactly, yeah. And versus actually being nice and making long-life friends. Yeah. And that also starts from schools. Exactly, yeah, yeah. Some of my, like, it's a great point. Like, some of my friends I've known since I was five years old, wow. you know. Um, but when I was thinking about the education part, I'm like, mm-hmm. now with there's so much access to information, like, you sit at a computer and you can learn anything in mm-hmm. the world. So my viewpoint is like, okay, school's good for the social side. But academically, I think I would prefer, personally, I would rather discover what my kid's interests are and just make him excel at that. Like, you love that? Okay, let's mm-hmm. just put all of it into, into that. That's my perspective. Okay. And even with my perspective, I know that's not, what gonna ha- that's not what's going to happen. In, in they're gonna real go, life. In real life, yeah. you know, they're going to go to schools. But that's, what, that's how I feel. What are, your, what are your thoughts? Okay, so regarding content. Now... As you said, when we were growing up or when we went to schools, it was very content-based. 
we didn't really learf, learn learn uh, sorry uh, like 21st century skills sure. how to yep. start your own business how to budget how to yep. not be in debt how <laughs> to uh, um, uh, what have you how to start or launch a campaign how to make a difference mm. how to like take action in the world it was mainly um, there are like a set of objectives or standards um, you learn how to solve this uh, mathematical equation or you learn all the parts of the digestive system or the brain like the i remember in grade 12 we learned the all about neurology and the parts of the brain and like now thinking back like why did i have to memorize and draw a model of the brain and name every <laughs> single part of it how is that beneficial yeah so i know what you're trying to say as yeah. in like when we were growing up it was very content based yeah so we were learning content we were learning all these things that we literally had to memorize memorize yes. exactly whereas and I, I think i mentioned at the very beginning when we started that i'm teaching in the ib yeah. um, curriculum now and it does not work like that so it's not about what you memorize i believe that like it's um shaped in a way that as you said there's access to knowledge so what's really important is teaching the kid how to know knowing mm. it's a click away i can write right now brain parts <laughs> model and it's yeah. right there yeah. and i spent hours learning that especially yeah. with all these latin names yeah, yeah. and now it's right there a click yeah. away yeah. but i think it's teaching the kids how to get to the knowledge that they want okay so um the way that I think the way we're teaching now, and I, I believe it's not just where I work. I'm sure it's it's how the world is changing, and especially in our region, in in, in the Middle East, and in Dubai in particular, with um, KHDA being uh, very um, observant of um, how schools are functioning, and they really want to make or push for this change from the old mainstream way of teaching. Yeah. So. What I think is the way that the kids are being taught now, it, it does have or um, they are being taught to look into the 21st century skills. So there's a lot of okay. critical thinking, collaboration, communication, a lot of um, groups getting together and coming up with a solution for a bigger picture, a big problem, as in like, okay, there's a problem with the environment. What are we going to do about it? How are you going to raise awareness? Um, and so on and so forth. And again, looking back, when we were kids, that did not really exist. True. Yep. Nobody was going to give you a week to come up with uh, a hypothetical campaign mm -hmm. to uh, recycle plastic. Yeah. It was like, okay, this is, well, what probably for us it was we learned the percentage of pollution in an area and just literally memorized these numbers. Yeah, oh, it's 20%, great. Cool. <laughs> exactly. And then what? Yeah. So this, so what? Yeah. This, I think it's the super so what factor. I think this is what makes a difference. Now, that the kids are actually uh, learning in a way that they feel like they can make a difference. Whether it's something that they can create, a song that they can do and publish on YouTube. Mm -hmm. Let's say you're a grade three teacher and the kids are learning about, again, pollution. Maybe a group, they, they would come up with their own song, they would write it, one of them plays an instrument and there you go. They, they, they would feel like they're, they're actually making a difference. And mm -hmm. in the meantime, through this group activity, they did learn how to work together, yeah. collaboration. Yeah. They learned critical thinking. Um, they learned creativity. And they actually did something. Yeah. Again, you talked about when we were in school. What did we do? We did tests. Yeah, we took tests. Exam, exam, exam. And then the exam came back and it would 
rank you as you're an A student, you're a B student, you're an F student. Yeah. And that, and then looking back, so many people who were with me, like when I was in school, and who were not the A students, they're actually kicking ass in life now. Yeah. So all these grades and all that, that was the way that we were taught that your, your grade is who you are, let's yes, say. Yes, exactly, yeah. In real life, that's not there. And as a mom as well, it's taken me also some time to realize that um, my daughter does not have to be the best in, in, in class. She doesn't have to be the one who excels at every single subject. Yeah. Because when we were growing up, I'm sure that was a big thing in our households and yeah. our cultures. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Everybody needed to be the A student. Everybody needed to get full marks yeah. and so on. And then for, for a mom, for me, and also coming from that culture, even though I'm an educator, so look at the... You're kind of, there's, I mean, this there's like <laughs> how I was raised and what I know now, exactly. right? Yeah, yeah. As in like, okay, she's not getting full marks on her spellings. And you know what she tells me? She goes like, yeah, I tried my best. So simple. Yeah. And I go like, you know what? Like, that's how it's supposed to be. Yeah, that's true. But the thing, on that's, a, that's such a great example because <clears throat> when I was like listening to that example, in my head, I'd be like, as a parent, I'd be like, but did you do your best or you're just saying that? Do you know what I mean? How do you, there's a very fine line mm-hmm. to like manage, I think, when it comes to kids. And I think about this a lot, Yanni, for, you know, for the yeah. future. I'm like, what am I going to do? Like, what, how should I be? Should I be, I, sh- I, I want to, yeah. I. I know I, what you're saying. You know, I'm am kind I going to be the strict parent? Or am I going to be like, kind of like what you're doing now, you know, like, um, what's the word? Not placing too much emphasis, you know, yes. on those kind of things. Well, and I'm, I'm trying, trying not to. Well, I'm not I, I I'm saying that. I'm telling yeah. you. But there are weekends where I go like, no, no, we're redoing that list yeah, yeah, 10 yeah. more times or whatever. <laughs> but then I go like, why? It doesn't matter. Mm. Because all these words eventually. You could, you'd probably learn them anyway. Not just pro- probably learn them. Even if she can't spell a specific word. I mean, it's a click away. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> that's so true. it's all these things. So would I want, like, would I rather want to spend all that time on that or as you said look for what is she's uh, or look for what she's really interested at and yeah. work on building that skill rather don't uh, rather than the content which is spelling <laughs> exactly yeah 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 and as um and one more thing that you mentioned or asked about was like you know the well-being and how our brain works and all that sure there's a lot of focus in school now about kids well-being oh really okay i, I don't know at all so this is so new we have okay. a lot of like well-being days kids learn about what does it mean to be mindful What's the importance of sleep? What's the importance of healthy eating? Awesome. That's how it should be, yeah. Breathing exercises. Oof. Can you imagine? <laughs> and, uh, honestly, we, like, go back 10, 15 years ago. We had no clue what the word mindful meant. Meant, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I'm telling you, I remember the first time the word mindful was introduced to me. I think it was my fourth or third year in teaching. And it was a teacher who wanted to have this mindful day for kids. So okay. Obviously, she's not from our cult- she's not from our culture. She's yeah. she's a foreigner, and she comes up with this really super nice idea. And a lot of us were like, "Okay, mm. nice. Tell us more." Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, what does it mean to be mindful? <laughs> I I would never forget that day. Yeah. And then she taught us about it, and then we had to teach the kids about it, and how. And we gave them those like you know the coloring sheets. And even back then, it was still very basic. Yeah. Because. If you don't know what mindfulness is, it was so hard for you to actually <laughs> teach it to the kids and get yeah. them to do it. But I'm telling you, there's a lot of focus on well-being now in schools. Okay, that's good. And um, even the way that things are executed, like there's a lot of like, let's say, reward systems, praise system. There's very less pressure on kids to 
academically excel like how it used to be when we were in school because remember okay. when we were in school there was your a student or the 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 first let's say the top three in your class and then everybody else was like no non-existent yeah, yeah they had no voice yeah yeah yeah, yeah. the model the model student <laughs> right the, these two three students mm-hmm. and then everybody else was just like they're the commoners <laughs> yeah yeah i was definitely a commoner and a half so it's fine <laughs> but, I do but now those. there's a chance like every i would say every single kid has a chance or a place in within the school um, community. Yeah. Because it's not just about your academic uh, existence or your yeah. academic, um, yeah, okay, not just academic well-being, but there's the social well-being and there's the mental well-being and all that. And yeah. it's it's nice. It's yeah. It's nice to see that even the kid who struggles the most academically can also be part of, I don't know, like the music club. Yeah, or yeah. They can excel they in other voice. areas. Exactly. Yeah, they exactly. have a voice somewhere else. Exactly. So it's not just about that grade you, that you receive. No, 100%. And, but first of all, I had no idea that all these things were happening in schools now. Oh, no. I, well-being I, I, I is... And there have... Which like, is great. There, there are actual days. They're called well-being days. Good. Where kids come in and they can, for example, get their favorite toy, dress up in their favorite character, uh, read to their friends, have a full fun day where it's just dedicated to that. And even those awesome. well-being days, so where I work... Um, they're, they're structured in a way where it's there's a focus. So maybe fitness well-being. Okay. Yeah. Another day it's like as I told you, like the the, the emotional side of it. So it's the breathe, your breathing exercises and all that, and it's nice. And kids look forward to the, to to these days. Yeah, and I think if I think it's very smart to position it in the way it has like it's fun. What it's how fun. do kids learn the most when they play? You know, when yeah, they're having it's learned through play. When, definitely. Yeah. So when they're having even fun. in the you know the lower years exactly yeah yeah um so I, I didn't i wasn't aware of that and that is very you know refreshing to me that to hear that these things are now so okay maybe it might change my mind a little bit later <laughs> um i wanted to come back to something that we we spoke about it briefly on the phone the other day but we haven't we didn't really dive into it and when i was thinking about the questions for for our episode today i was like teachers right mm-hmm. okay you said earlier, and we, as we said before, they are underrated, un, uh, underappreciated for the amount of work that goes into it, and that get that is needed to to get done, no matter you know the grade level. Mm-hmm. And I don't think that's just, and I don't think that's just something here. I think that's something worldwide, w- globally. You Definitely. know, professors, you know, even at university. Um, and the question becomes. Like you said, the, the teachers, teachers like yourself, you guys are the ones that are have, like, having a huge impact on this child's life or as a professor, this impact on this graduate's life. You know, something, something you say, something you teach, a perspective you can give could make me go left or mm, it, could make me, it could make me go right. I think uh, I just remembered one of the things that we spoke about and I, I told you it's you can make or break a child. One word. One word. One word a teacher can say, and you make the, the child or you break a child. Yeah. And I think I mentioned it to you that I still remember a teacher saying something to me back in grade two. Yeah. And I will never forget that. It was like one of those really negative, hurtful comments. And grade two, that's yeah, yeah. my daughter's age now. Yeah, yeah. And I would never forget it. Yeah. Versus someone else who said something to me. I remember I maybe along the lines of grade eight or nine. And about the fact that, oh, you're really good with your words, with your poetry, with your writing, you can go places. And that is something that's always there. Maybe that's also behind the fact that when I did my master's, I went through 
I decided to base my uh, my thesis was on creative writing. Okay, interesting. And uh, when I was in uni, the very last year of uni, I did this thing with like the poetry club and where you actually like recite your own poetry. Yeah. And maybe this is why when I want to do my podcast now. Yeah. Because I remember she really opened up my eyes on the fact that you're good with words. So something, it's there. Something, it's yeah. instilled there, probably exactly. somewhere in my subconscious. Yeah. Versus someone else who, as you said, you say something and that's going to stick with it. It will stay with the child. Yeah. No, I and I totally agree. The thing that thinking about that, the thing that comes to me is at the end of the day, now okay teaching is a lot different now than it was then just mm -hmm. like how we're talking about our schooling experiences compared to what you know your kids are going through now are completely different um so even probably the way that <clears throat> teachers speak to kids now are different but also at the end of the day i know we're all humans mm -hmm. and we all have our own what's things the word? going on yeah of course. Our, not just things our own biases as well about yes, certain things you know our certain expectations you know of this student you know like if it, if it was my child this is what i would accept but that's not fair to put it on him but True. It's subconscious, but it's there. So um, I don't think there's a way to completely remove that, not remo remove that, but to manage that. Um, I think, <clears throat> I don't know how you do it, honestly. To it's, be I'm like, 100% objective? Yeah, I don't think you can. As a, as a teacher, I don't think it's possible. If, if I sit now and I tell you we're 100% objective and my um, 22 students of this year or 20 students from last year or my 20-something student of seven years ago were exactly the same. That's, that's impossible. It's, yeah. it's like when parents say that they love all their children <laughs> equally. <laughs> you have a that's, favorite. No, you, yeah. there's always someone. Yeah. It's not a favorite, but you love certain things about certain sure. one of your, well, <clears throat> your kids differently because of who they are and how they are. Mm. And I think it's also the same in teaching. Um, this is something that I think a lot of teachers we always discuss is sometimes you have that super cheeky kid. Mm. He or she would be like, maybe sometimes, I don't want to say that the, they're the class clown, but the cheeky ones, the yeah, one yeah, with yeah, all yeah. the smart you know, you know, comments. Yeah. The charisma and, and all the that. The charismatic ones, yeah. the, 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 let's say the leader. And these... Some of them, they get away with murder. Oh, I'm sure. As in like, I'm sure. you can't, like, you're not <laughs> yeah. sending that kid to detention or you're not sending an email to that kid's parent because it's X or it's Y. Yeah. And you take it from mm -mm. them because of who they are. Yeah. But this is, I think this is part of their charisma. And these are the kids who will always keep that. Like, it will stay with them. It's who they Wherever are. Wherever they go, it's who they are. Yeah. So again, as teachers, at the end of the day, we're not. We're not robots. We're yeah. not like it's like an Excel file where you enter or input data and it just comes out evenly. Yeah. No. So you deal with every kid individually. Individually. And yeah. I think this is why being subjective or like not 100% objective is actually um, a positive thing. Because okay. if I had one rule and that rule applies for everybody, sometimes it's fair. not fair. Because true, true, there's a specific rule that will not apply for that kid because I know the background or I know the family situation or mm -hmm. I know there are so many things that we need to take into consideration when dealing with mm. that specific student. Mm. So sometimes being subjective. Interesting. Okay. Yeah, if you want to look at the, what do you call it? The, uh, the flip side, yeah. The, 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 the positive side to it. Okay. Or the uh, glass Half, half full. full. That's yeah. the word I'm looking for. It's not with me. The glass half full. Sure. Then yes, I think I okay. I can't just say I'm being objective. And yes, this is a rule, and I'm not breaking it, and it applies to everybody. No. Yeah. 
Interesting. I've never I've never looked at it from that perspective, but the way you explained it, I'm like, oh shit, no, she has a point. I could see how that is yeah, a positive I, because you adjust. I need to look at the kid from all the aspects and yeah. everything that I know about the kid, um, whether it's, as I told you, their family situation, the way the kid is, the fact if this kid has just moved schools or just moved countries yeah. or had a um, situation at home or has lost someone dear to them or has X or Y or... So I can't, I can't deal with that kid the same way as, and so on. Sure. No, I, no, I think that's fair. And I think that makes a lot of sense. Um, I think I haven't realized that kind of listening to what you're saying of how aware you have to be as a teacher oh. about not just because there's 22, like in the class 22, you have 22 different personalities. Yes. Different people, different family and situations. And because you're in Dubai, you have different cultures. Exactly. Different ethnicities, yeah. different uh, backgrounds, different yeah. languages, mm-hmm. which also I think is very interesting. Yeah, I of think course. the fact that when you teach in Dubai, it's not the same as when you're teaching in your home country where uh, out of the 20 students, 19 would be <laughs> yeah. from your own yeah. and then one is just like, let's say a foreigner. Yeah, yeah. But over here, you can have up to 10 different nationalities in the same class. That's crazy. Which is, but it's very interesting. Yeah, I'm sure. It's like a melting pot yeah. and the kids learn from each other and you learn from them. Of course. Like you and the, there are times where I learn from them. I, I learn how in some cultures, academic excellence is not the most important thing and being excellent at sports is more important. Is way more important. So the emphasis goes there. Ah. So, yeah. So this family, for them, th- th- this kid has their whatever tournament and they've been practicing this certain sport for ages because they have a different goal for them. That beats all homework assignments. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, fair, fair. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And this is something that you have to respect. That's true. Damn, again, yeah, coming that's true. from a background or a culture. And, and again, I, I, again, I don't want um, be generic, but in the Arab world, and especially the countries where we come from, being the A student, the academic excellence beats anything and everything. Uh, in life. Yeah, 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 and like oh, the the engineer doctor uh, syndrome, yeah, 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 engineer doctor lawyer syndrome, yeah, exactly. Anything outside of these three, yeah. Oh, no, you didn't try hard enough. Yeah. <laughs> Honestly, I think even when I was growing up, that that kind of was like the track of, for me as well. I, what I, was it? Engineer or doctor? Engineer. engineer. <laughs> uh, but it's fine. Uh, so I started. But this, the interesting thing was, to be fair to my parents, they never said you have to be an engineer. Never. But me growing up, I was always like, I want to be like Baba. I'm like, okay, what's well, dad an engineer? And I never in my life thought, mate, so from their perspective, it's like, perfect. We don't have to do anything. He wants to do this anyway. <laughs> Great. Uh, so it's not their fault. Um, but I realized uh, after doing a year of engineering or sorry, two years of engineering, I'm like, no, 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 this is not for me. Um, and you switched majors. Switch majors. Wow. And I think like <laughs> you can find a hundred of me that started of engineering and then switched. Like we were full of AUD. Every semester you'd be like, oh, you switched? Like, yeah, yeah. Okay, cool. <laughs> Um, yeah, maybe it's it's not for everybody. No, it's not. It's and not. What I what I learned though, like, so so that was my time. Now my like now my younger my youngest uh, well my younger my younger sister I only have one. Um, <laughs> she just left to uni uh, in the UK and okay. she wants to study law. And my other my younger brother wants to study. He's currently studying medicine. So okay. I'm like in my mind I'm like okay maybe you lost with me but the other three worked out. There's engineer yeah actually wow you shit, have your engineer doctor lawyer engineer doctor oh. lawyer. By the way wow. you know I didn't realize that until just now <laughs> until I just no, no, really I didn't <laughs> realize that that's what they had so that no wonder my parents were like I had this guy it's fine it's okay. Um, but I think nowadays though 
to be fair, even when she was applying to university and like the discussions we were having, like she was having with my parents, it's very different because they've learned, you know, like from my example and whatever. And now they're also more aware of like there's a bigger world out there. Mm. So there's different ways to be, you know, you can be successful. Coming back to the like the t- why teachers are you feel are underappreciated. There's a famous saying and it's not a very nice saying, but I think this saying perfectly describes why that. You know the famous saying they say those who can't do teach. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yes, yes. Yeah, so yes. that if if we took that example, like that statement, the undertone of it is underappreciation for what a teacher does. So my question to you is cuz I don't have the answer, so I'm curious for you, what do you think the reason is? Uh, wow. <laughs> I can go on all on and on about it so for me sure. in my in my yeah. circle whenever anyone gets to know me or um and they go like oh you're a teacher you get the summer off and i go like we paid blood and sweat <laughs> for those days off <laughs> and listen when i hear that <laughs> it breaks my heart i was like no no don't just just don't just say you get the summer off okay. and like oh you get christmas off you get easter off you get the summer off um and and oh you um you get back home really early. Uh, we take home, work back home with us. We mm-hmm. grade our students' work. We plan. We do our lesson plans. We work on the weekends. But like again, nobody's aware of that because I think in a lot of people's minds that teaching is this person who stands in front of a board, write things out, students copy, and that's it. Mm. And obviously, maybe our generation is a bit better, but if you go back to older generations and our parents' generations mm-hmm. who went to school, again, in the Arab world. It was someone stands there, lectures, writes on the chalkboard, they copy, and the teacher was this authoritative figure and nobody was, nobody said anything. That's like, it. I hear the yeah. stories from my mom and dad and you go like, okay, this was prison or school? <laughs> like, what was it? And then, and I think also back then, teachers, um, they, they just taught. They, they went there, they taught. There was no such thing as curriculum, as lesson planning, mm-hmm. as you having to report to, um, let's say, nowadays, like all the private schools in Dubai, like there's KHD. They yeah, come yeah. and they, they, they inspect, look at your right? data, they, yeah, they, yeah. they compare your internal assessments versus your external assessments, and all that did not exist a couple of years ago. And I don't want to go back to my mom and my dad's life, or I, I would go back to when we both were in school, since we both went to school here. Yeah. There was no such thing as KHD. There was no such thing as inspection. There was no such thing as external assessments. We only had the assessments that, that were in school. Nobody was coming to schools and looking at their internal data versus the external data and looking at that. And now when school starts, we start the year and the kids sit for external assessments that feedback into what kind of student um, you have, like what kind of students you have, as in like, is this kid better at verbal reasoning or quantitative reasoning and then for each one of those kids if a kid is struggling in something you need to have an intervention plan for them oh wow okay okay yeah and then you need to you need to show what is it that you're doing to help that kid so there's no such thing as a kid left behind Mm -hmm. so there's no such thing oh this kid is just they can't do math what are you doing so you're not going to sit there lecture and this kid is going to sit there bored to death yeah yeah that kid will have a completely different lesson plan, different activities. So if you walk into any of our classes, you're going to walk in and you're going to see that you have a group who's sitting with the teacher on the carpet or on a small table. And I'm talking about primary level at yeah, this point. Sure. 
and they're having their mini lesson with the teacher because they need more support. And then you have your kids who can actually do the work by themselves and the others who, let's say, they do the work collaboratively because they still need support. And the amount of planning that goes into having three different streams for every single lesson. And then wow. making sure that you have extensions. As in if a kid is done or a kid is even higher. Because you would get one kid who's way above that grade level. What are you doing to encourage that and not to limit that kid? Because mm. that would be the kid who's going to get bored. True. Yeah. So you need to make sure that the kid has a separate project that they're working on in their own time to do that. And then what if you have the kids who have a diagnosis, as in like they've gone to one of the authorized centers here in Dubai and it turned out that the kid is dyslexic or the kid has dyscalculia, which again, I know a lot of people don't even know what these terms mean or how to deal with kids who have these problems. So these kids mm. have their own plans and you need to sit with them separately and they have other teachers that come in and help us in the classroom sure. or they have pull-out sessions and so on. Yeah. So when you sit and plan, you're thinking of those 20-something kids individually when you're writing those plans. Wow. It sounds... Um, so I... My like it's very... Again, it's very subjective. Of course. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> We're going to keep... I think that's I'm going to keep using that uh, word. No, that, but it's, but, but it's, the, it's the right word because yeah. that's how it is. So um, my fiance's best friend, she's a teacher at one of the schools here. So... Oh, I think you mentioned you told me what happened during lockdown, I think, when yeah, she was telling yeah. you she was working day and night. Yeah, yeah, we're going to oh, get we'll into get that. We'll get into that. Yeah, oh, yeah, for sure. <laughs> That's my favorite story. Yeah, I'm sure. <laughs> no, we're definitely going to touch on that in a little bit. Um, yeah. But what she, speaking to her, and like she'd tell me about, like, like what's your day like? What's this? And she would tell me similar things that you were telling me. Um, and I guess from my perspective, I never knew two things. I never knew how much planning goes into yeah. it sounds from like listening to you like having an intervention plan and putting three different kids here and mm. then this guy mm. needs this and that and you need to be thinking of that while the lesson is going on mm. yeah, yeah. In, so like oh we need to give some more attention here yes. or like yes yeah and you're and and this is the thing you're always reflecting so you did this plan it didn't work what are we going to do no i'm going to go back and reteach that concept and then us as a team like whichever team you're working on whether it's if you're a homeroom teacher or just like english math or you, you sit together and you reflect and you go like, no, th this did not work well. Let's change it. Let's yeah. reteach that concept using this. And then you, we would be looking at different hands-on manipulatives, platforms that can help us. Um, things that if you're teaching science, like one of, there are like a lot of platforms where you can, they're not like, I don't want to say they're virtual reality, but um, like where interactive? Kids can, yes, they're interactive yeah. where kids can actually play around with something to see how it works. Like the heart, for example. And we would be like, sometimes we, I think <laughs> now thinking of the, the, the talks that we have in those meetings, if someone is just looking up and it's like, those people are crazy. They're getting <laughs> excited over stuff like that. But you know, that moment that every single one of your kids achieves the objectives and they all get it. Even the ones who are struggling, everybody gets it. That triumphant moment. That must be so satisfying. It counts for a lot. Oh yeah. I can imagine. <laughs> and you were like, okay. Thank God, yeah, time was not, those hours spent were not wasted. Sure. And I'm not, again, I'm, I'm not here to tell you that it's all beautiful and rainbows. Oh, no, absolutely not. There are so many days where you get frustrated. There are days where you go in and you haven't slept well yourself. And then you have to mind the 20-something kids. And it's not one of those jobs where you can just sit and say, okay, you know what? Nobody talked to me. I need to get my coffee. And 
I can start responding to emails at 10 a.m. No, you don't have that privilege. You have to be like on 7 game. 7 15. You're game on time. your toes. That's, That's it. it. That's it. Yeah. You're standing there greeting the parents, greeting those kids because it's not their fault that you had a bad night no, or you fought with not. your partner in the morning. Or <laughs> true, true. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> That's true. So, uh, yeah. So I'm so happy you brought up uh, the parents because I wanted to get into mm. like that side as well. Um, so one thing you said to me on the phone that she's like, some, you're like, in order for like, I don't know if it's a school to be successful or a child to be successful, there has to be an alignment between the parent, the teacher and the child. Yes, definitely. Um, and I guess that can, because as a, I can imagine parents can be extremely hectic and very challenging. So... Because you might say in class, you know, this is how, you know, you do this. Like, let's say it's a history class and mm -hmm. you say this is this happened at this time, whatever. And this is how you should think about it. Then they go okay. home and like, can I, can I interrupt you right here? Yeah, right please, there. please, please, please. You saying this yeah. is you not being aware of how things happen in classes now or how we teach. Yeah. I don't say yeah. as in like the kids, they literally they scan a QR code, they watch a video or they have to read a book about how something happened, they take their own notes. The whole point is for us to be there as facilitators. So there's no okay. one point where okay. I stand up and I go like, World War II happened <laughs> in this, here. This blah, is what blah. I'm talking about. No, okay. that does not exist. Okay, okay. Well, I'm thinking of... I'm, Again, I'm, you're, you're thinking of the old setup yes. of an old classroom yes, yes. and how you... Oh my God, those history lessons. Oh. Horrific. <laughs> So I just, I've been saying, I'm like, I don't, well, I don't care. I don't care. It's not even, See, I don't even know these guys. I, I'm still traumatized by that by, by brain model. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. With the, and there's one word that I still can't say. What, what was it? You know, the thing that connects the left to the right hemisphere? Cerebellum, cerebium. I know something. the word. Yeah, I, I can't say it. I know the word now. you're talking about, but even I can't, it's not yeah. coming to my mind now yeah. at least. Yeah. yeah. So okay. <laughs> I'm traumatized by that. Yeah. So again, the whole idea of the teacher standing there or saying something, that does not happen. That okay. The whole way of teaching is... The kids are very responsible for their learning. Yeah. Again, now I'm, I I teach end of primary, where, where it's like the year where the kids, the last year of primary, next year they go Mi to middle, middle school. Middle school, okay. Maybe that does not apply as much as when you're teaching the lower grades or maybe sure. the higher grades. Yeah. Again, but this is what I'm sharing with you is my individual experience. Yeah, no, of course. Yeah, yeah. And again, That's what I my individual hear. experience at that particular school. Yeah. In other schools that I worked at, it didn't function that way. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, there's also that too. Exactly. So again, the school itself, the school's policies, the the way, the, the, the vision of the leaders of the school also makes a huge difference in, because it's it's a hierarchy. It's from, yeah, it's from, it starts it's from, the, from top, the top, goes and it goes all the down. way until yeah, yeah. the bottom part. But you're saying parents can be hectic. It's... like I'm, My question is, how do you get them all... On board. Uh, like, yeah, how do you get everyone on, on board? I think the kid yeah. is probably the... They, maybe, easier yeah easier because obviously they're yeah they're they younger. like their teachers you know and yeah and if they like you whatever and yes. if mom and dad are like like they're down the kids like easy life you know we'll just continue you know as is but yeah. i can imagine getting that aligned can could be i would imagine it could be quite challenging yeah especially if a parent's like not happy with something yes, or whatever you definitely. know what i mean the blame goes to now again you have 20 something yeah. kids yeah. so you're talking about times two so in ideal situations, yeah, so 40 four. something adults to yeah. deal with, <laughs> yeah. with different that's, ideologies, that's different backgrounds, different yeah. cultures, different yeah, yeah. ethnicities, beliefs, blah, 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 what have you, definitely. Um, but again, it, get, it goes back to the school's policy when it comes to communication and how effective the communication between parents and teachers are. Okay. So to be honest, like, 
how can I put this in uh, in in proper words? The communication between parents and teachers is transparent. It should be transparent. So okay. beginning of the year, most schools now, I'd say, they have their big orientation or and teacher, the teacher. And stuff. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so the, the, the parents come in and teachers explain to them like you know this is my vision this is what's going to happen this year expectations so on so forth um, in lower grades in primary mainly they receive like weekly emails or weekly newsletters entailing what is it that the kids have done and what's expected of them like next week and now with obviously uh, all the platforms that um, teachers started using um, because of covid when everything went online and that stayed. Yeah. So all these platforms still exist. Yeah. So kids and parents, like lessons are posted or shared on a platform that parents can see. And kids can submit their work to their teacher. And teacher's feedback can also be seen by parents. So okay. yes, we have our books. Okay. But those platforms are still there. And I think this also, again, it was a nightmare when it started. I'm sure. No, no, it was, it was like a nightmare with, with tears <laughs> when COVID started. <laughs> yeah. But then now... It, it's giving this transparency because parents can actually see what's going on. They can look at the lessons. They can see how or what um, teachers are replying to the kids. And um, when there is, um, again, it depends on every school's policy. Yeah. But schools where parents can send emails to the teachers and the emails rep- and the teacher replies back to the email or it's an open door policy where parents can actually say okay i want to schedule a meeting they come in they talk about their concern so all that just makes it easier okay to be honest and i think like you said that's a really good point about like those kind of platforms it, i think it makes the parents feel number one more involved yes so they're more like on top they're aware of what's going on with my my yes. my, my kid how are they doing what's going on what's the teacher think you know where mm-hmm. can we improve and there are so many uh, also like how many times the year we have like the parent teacher conference of course yeah and Oof, again i used to dread those oh uh, no see again let me let me tell you about the magic of how world changed please tell remember me. when your yeah. parents used to come in you and sit they'd down sit, like head down and like and please don't like, say anything back. uh your son did this your son did yeah, that yeah. Da, da, da. i remember because yeah. i was the nerd and my brother who's one year younger than i am he was the rebel oh okay so my mom, my mom would go that's in. my guy <laughs> oh he was oh my god so my mom would go in and they'd be like oh Farah is this 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 that and Khalid my brother's name is Khalid <laughs> yeah. and my mom would go like no I'm not Khalid's mom they're like no you're like he's Farah's brother no 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 she's like I have to no, no 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 <laughs> and she, she would like she would literally want to say guys I can't like I can't deal you're yeah, gonna yeah. tell me that he did all that I'm not his mom and so on yeah. but now that's not what happens there's no okay. such thing as bringing the kid and the, the parent in and being like your kid's behavior is this these are his grades good mm. job or we don't do that what we do um, is and I'm sure like at two of the schools that I worked uh, at before and where I'm working now um, we have it's more of like a conference where the kids share their learning with their parents so okay interesting yeah actually that like in where i work we're we're having that in two weeks from okay. now so we're prepping for that now um so the kids look at three different targets or three different outcomes from like let's say english math and um, their unit of inquiry or science and they go like this is my target um, this is how i want to achieve it uh, i know i need to work on division mom so i think that i want to um, work more on the 
platform like we have platforms that help kids um, work on math for example so the kid would say okay I, I will work harder on this platform because I know this is how I'm going to get better on division so it's Oof. mainly wow. the kids setting their own targets sharing those with their parents and again the teacher sits there as a facilitator mm-hmm. Yeah. Again, you help your kids set that up because of in, course. in primary, yeah, of course. sometimes it's not easy for them to actually talk about their targets or what is it that they need. So you help them figure out that, okay. And also, it's there's celebration of what the kid knows so the kid can actually show their parents, oh, you know what, this is what I did. This was my last project where I worked on, uh, I came up with the concept of selling something. Let's say it's a unit on economics. And this is how we pitched it. And I made this advertisement for it. And this was our slogan. And this is what we did. So it's very more, different to the ones yeah, we used to Not have. the ones where you sit <laughs> and then you go sure. back home and you get punished. Yeah. No, yeah, not yeah. that kind of parents meeting. Wow. Things have changed a lot. I'm telling you. Yeah. Like, I'm, I'm you, shocked. The way you're now, the questions you're asking me, I think this is the reason why teachers are underrated because and, and, and I mean it's not your fault but nobody knows about these changes unless you have a kid that goes it, to school yeah then of course yeah that makes <laughs> Do you know sense. what I mean yeah, yeah that makes sense so I think I just talked to you with these two yeah, pieces of information I'm very very taken aback honestly I have no I have no idea like yeah, my, all yeah. my cousins have kids but obviously I don't ask them like these yeah they're not gonna tell you that yeah you know, yeah. you know because I'm like why why would Khaled want to know about this <laughs> exactly um but it's nice like for me I look forward for like let's say my daughter's uh conference because she gets to show me her books she tells me about what she's learned she shows me how and it's eye-opening like um well usually because I work at the school that she goes to yeah, as yeah, well. yeah so I'm there doing all that so I think last year and after COVID parents were allowed to actually come back, come to, back the to the school yeah yeah so when her dad went in and he realized what she was able to do and how she shared her learning and she sh- he was in shock because I think just like you, he doesn't really know the day-to-day things that yeah, yeah, for sure. take place inside of a school. And he was shocked that so she was six years old last mm-hmm. year and she was able to say, what did she learn? How did she learn it? And this is something that I need to work on more, mom, and so on. Okay. Very, very interesting. <laughs> I, I literally had no idea. You, I've been taken aback completely. Good, I'm happy. You know, that's, I love but sitting I like with my so friends and, and telling them that, guys, this is what we do. Mm-mm. Again, I, I'm going to be very dramatic now. Okay. okay. But there's this uh, saying or quote or something that says, teachers have to take on-spot decisions more than a neurosurgeon does. As in like things happen on-spot. You're standing in the class, something happens, and you have a kid here who fell and a kid here who's bickering with someone and someone else who's this, and this one needs help with math, and, and you're taking these decisions mm. as you go. You have to be so and, aware of everything. Yeah. Right? And, and you're not just sitting there and, okay, something happens, someone sends you an email and you have time to think about it. No. Mm. You really, there are some times where you don't have time to think about it and you need to take a decision now. right now. Yeah. Again, this is a saying. That <laughs> yeah. I'm not like, okay, you know, I'm going to cut a nerve and someone's going to be paralyzed. <laughs> yeah, uh, but I get what you're saying though. <laughs> I, I understand. And it. I said, I, I'm being dramatic. You did, you did fair. That's I fair. did, I gave um, a <laughs> warning yes, you did. to the so listeners. That's fair, that's fair. I, I accept that. <laughs> Um, okay, so um, the question I had for you, the next question I wanted to ask you, Farah, is let's say now I'm a parent, right? I have my kid, he's there, three, four years old, whatever. It's their time to go to school. Mm-hmm. I think this is something that is very useful to, this would be very useful for a lot of people to hear is, number one, what, how do I pick 
the right school? Like, what am I? What are like the criteria I should be looking at for my child? Number one, and number two, let's say okay, I've got the school now, and like I meet the teacher. What should I be, you know, looking out for to give me comfort that this is the right person to be teaching my child? Okay. Because I think those two are very important things and very relevant to a lot of people. Uh, I'm, I'm sure. Now, the very first thing that I, I can share with you from my friends around me who try yeah. and pick schools for their kids. Yeah. Now, again, KHDA made everybody's life in Dubai easier by having a website where you can go and literally check out the report on every single school. Okay. So that it's a 22 to 26 page report. What, is this a yearly thing? Yearly thing. Okay. Yearly inspection. Okay. And it gives the rating of the school, um, every single subject and how the inspectors rated the core subjects, the specialist subjects. How is this school in terms of dealing with students who have special needs? How is, in, how is the school in uh, dealing with things related to assessment, attainment, progress? How is the school even uh, rated in terms of health and safety, like the building itself, mm -hmm. uh, the leadership team of the school, is it effective, is it not, and so on. And obviously you have the, uh, the fees structure okay. in yeah. that report. It, yeah. I, I'm not sure if it's in the report, but it's on the website. Sure. And um, you can literally, if inspections, let's say, started in Dubai, maybe in 2000, I'd say 2010, 2012. Okay. I'm not sure of the date. I don't want to be giving wrong dates, but that's... It's been about a decade, average. Yes, plus of when like uh, KHJ was established. Yeah. And you can read all these reports for that one school. Oh, wow. Okay. So you can look at the progress of the school. You can look at why was the school rated, like let's say, acceptable for five years, and then all of a sudden it started going up to good and so on. Or why was it good and then it went down mm. and so on. But then again, the very first thing when you come to choose the school, and let's be very transparent, is going to be the fees. Yeah, and the fees here are pretty, you know, I'm going I'm, I'm to keep my words very clean, ridiculous. Yeah, like, it's very high. It, they call, because I'm, uh, I'm remembering, I'm like, they sending, putting a kid. 40K. In like, it starts, it, like. Per okay, year? You have, per, per year, year for like, like KG, you have schools where it can be 20K, 30K. But let's say if you're looking at ones that have the really good inspection mm -hmm. reports. Yeah, what, 100 no, it would be 40, like if the oh, KGs. KGs, yeah. Yeah, 40, 45, so on. Like, I'll, I'm going to be super blunt with you. Yeah, please. Um, like, my daughter goes with me to school, and like, as a teacher, I get the privilege, because some schools, they do offer teachers discounts. Sure. Some of them give sure. you like one kid for free, and so on. So I always keep saying, like, as long as my daughter is in school for this period of time, and I want her to be at a really good school, and yeah. where I work is, honestly, like, it's, it's a very nice, amazing environment for kids. I'm going to stay there until her fees is being paid for. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> until like another miracle happens. But and why not? Do you know what I'm trying why to not? say? If yeah. it's a good school and you have that exactly. opportunity. And I have that. So it. for me, this is also a plus or a privilege. Yeah. And that's a good thing that the school offers that. There are so many other schools that even for teachers, they don't they get don't. discounts. Really? Or it's like a ridiculous amount of discount. Yeah, that yeah. doesn't make a difference. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So number one, I know that a lot of people, I'm talking again about my friends, the first thing that they're going to look at is fees. Which is now, fair. if you're fair, amazingly, um, you know, you're very well off, you're capable, or you have your company that pays your fees, and fees is not an option, then this is where parents actually start choosing based like on you start what they really in. want. All right, cool. So I would okay. say number one fees. choice is not what you want because yeah. I can. We can all sit here and talk about the amazing school that we want to send our kids to, but how many of us can actually afford it? Yeah. So if fees is is not an issue, 
then I think it goes back to parental preference. Some parents want rigorous education. They want the tests and mm-hmm. the the very structured, uh, very, um, how can I say this? Where I don't want to say there's no room for creativity, but yeah, where but it's, it's very rigid. Very ri- some parents want mm. that. Yeah, Maybe I want yeah. my kid to be a neurosurgeon. Like super disciplined, that yeah. kind of thing. So they're going to yeah, pick yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. Others, they really don't care. They go like, no, I want my kid, as you said. So what you just said now, that's, that's so many of my other friends were like, no, I want my kid to work on skills. Mm-hmm. I don't care if my kid can memorize every single day of uh, the wars that took place in World War II. Yeah. No one cares because any of us now can find it. It's a click away. I want my kid to be able to excel, um, or sorry, to to develop skills. Sure. Others, they might pick the school because they have really good athletic programs because that's what they want. Yeah, fair, fair, of course. So I think this is how it is. Each one of us okay. will pick based on our own preference. I know like a friend of mine, uh, she picked her kid's school because she was interested in the fact that this is one of the schools where it's bilingual. So the kid learns everything in English and then learns everything again in French. Oh, oh, so wow. they have like okay. math in both English and French and science. Oh, wow. in both. So she picked it because her preference is that she wants her kid to be bilingual okay, and have like that extra French thing on the side. Yeah. Again, not for some other people, it would be like, no, this is a lot of pressure on the kid to be learning science once in French and once in English. For some other parents, no, this is a plus. I'm making my kid. Yeah. I want my kid to be more advantaged. He's going to graduate one day and be, have that advantage to so many other people who don't. Yeah. So, if you want to say preference, I'm, and I'm telling you, schools in Dubai, you have every single kind of school that you can think of. Name it, it's there. And yeah. that, again, the KHDA website and those inspection reports, I believe they make it very easy to pick. So they give you a pretty good indication about that? Yes, 100%. Okay. So we've discussed, so we start, let's say, I'm a parent, my kid, yeah. okay, I'm going to start looking. Your second so now, question yeah, was about so, the teacher. Yeah, so now I've done the fees, okay, <laughs> I've figured out the school, okay, now my third criteria is the teachers. How do I know if this is a good teacher? Not not a bad teacher, but like. Okay. Uh, you tell me. Okay. You tell me. You can, I, can I be mean now? Please. Love <laughs> can it. Can I be mean to you? Yeah, that's fine. <laughs> See, this is one big thing that I feel like teachers also struggle with. Okay. You have this feeling that, like, there's always this feeling that. I don't want to say all parents, not even some, but you have some few parents who. They come in with this notion of like, they don't trust you or they don't trust the school. Like, okay, you've chosen the school. Then you need to have faith that the senior leadership at that school hired teachers who are capable. You don't go to a doctor and question what the doctor tells you, right? Like you go to a doctor and the doctor says you need um, surgery or you need to take this medicine and so on. You don't start telling the doctor how to do their job. True. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, that's fair. But that's fair. This is this is one thing. I, I believe that obviously give the teachers the benefit of the doubt. Now, if your, your kid starts and then there are red flags and things that are coming back home with, I mean, you're alarmed that the teacher is saying something or doing something. Of course, parents have the full right. They go to school. They can also take it up with KHD. And you have incidents. You hear stories. I know that. But if you've picked a good school and you're, um, you're looking at the schools like let's say vision mission and you've read the report and you trust their senior leadership team then trust that they've picked qualified teachers and again going back to what KHDA is doing now and how they look at every teacher's qualification there is no such thing as go back 20 years ago 15 years ago 
a bored housewife who just decides decides to become a teacher. Mm. That does not exist anymore. Yeah. And I'm telling you, there are teachers who have been now, let's say they've been teaching for 25 years, so they can't just ask them to quit. But she's a doctor or she's an engineer or she she is teaching um, English, but she has a degree in something that has nothing to do with English. But mm-hmm. she was bored and wanted to go and teach and be there with her kids and pick them up and drop them off. <laughs> so that, yeah. that was the notion. Yeah. There were... Again, in our region, very few people were actually qualified. Mm-hmm. But now that's not the case. Not the case you anymore, cannot right? get hired anymore yeah. if you don't have specific. Uh, and, not, and now they're also pushing for the teacher licensing and so on. So it's, again, that's from the academic side. Yeah. Now, from the humanitarian side, I also believe that um, it will show, like most teachers, I think, if you're in this field and you're teaching especially with the younger ones you have to be kind you have to be yeah, involved you, you have to you can't you can't it's one i it's, could never do it you, I, I don't have the again, patience again you're saying that but I, that will show like be in that classroom two two days in if oh, you yeah. don't have the patience you'll be oh, yeah, for sure <laughs> i'll be right at the door so that's 100%. what i'm saying if yeah. if you're academically qualified and teachers are there for the right reasons trust me they they build really nice relationships with the kids okay Okay. So it it will I'm sure like as a parent you sit there you talk to the teacher you ask the questions and if there's a red flag it will show if not it will show with time but most of the time I I believe just have faith. Yeah. I think listen I think you said something that I didn't consider which is you've picked like you you've willingly chose this school for a certain reason mm-hmm. and for whatever the factors are and you agree you see this leadership team or this vision mm-hmm. as something that you know you like for your child and so i think you know that's fair yeah. i think it's fair to give them the benefit of the doubt that they have until it. yes exactly yeah what's the word uh, innocent until proven, proven guilty. guilty yes okay? <laughs> that's, fair. that's fair that's fair um i wanted to touch on uh come back a little bit to um covid mm. um so my my friend <laughs> the thing the story she would tell me she's like khalid like i have to do like half are online and half oh, are like hybrid, yeah, hybrid oh. and I have to prepare for the online and for tomorrow. That was worse whatever. than the online. Yeah. So listen, there was like in class and yeah. then there was online and we thought that that was ugly. Then there was hybrid. hybrid yeah, <laughs> you're going which like, is, no, take yeah, me back to either or. Yeah, because then you're planning for both things at the same oh, yeah. time, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, and your story <laughs> that you told me and you're like, I was pregnant i left the class and went and had my baby i'm like that should not be the case that's crazy <laughs> yeah it was an online class uh, yeah but still <laughs> pregnant and okay done <laughs> okay still. yeah i'm gonna go to the hospital <laughs> um so i think listen uh, like you you the things you were talking about earlier about how covid changed a lot of things and there's a lot of things that are good are like a positive now that have come like all these online platforms Definitely. and so on that you know had to come because of covid so a benefit has come from that and but. i think one of the benefits of covid is when parents sat down to teach their kids and realized how hard it is to teach someone uh, you now they we appreciate were it yeah, I'm yeah, telling yeah, you, yeah i'm yeah. sure like we for sure a lot of appreciation went into what 100%. teachers do when covid started absolutely I heard it from, you know, everyone. Yeah, um, yeah parents were pulling their hair. Yeah. Like, uh, what do you, what are your, th- like now, okay, now we've gone, we've gone through COVID. We've, yeah. we've gone through that experience. You've done the hybrid. You've done the online. Oh, whatever. hybrid was so bad. <laughs> um, so my question becomes, I know when you're, I, and this is, this, this can be taken bigger, but I'm going to try to focus on school and learning. Mm-hmm. I know when you're 
in like a physical space, like in the classroom, you know, um, there's an energy there, you know, mm -hmm. there's people, there's, there's, there's like this untouchable thing that you can't replicate with something online. Yes, However, definitely. if we're talking about purely from a learning perspective, mm -hmm. isn't online enough, would you say? With the younger ones, definitely not. Okay. Maybe okay. it works better with those who teach high school, upper middle school. Yeah. But those kids, they need interaction. They need mm. the touchy-feely. Mm -mm. They need the hands-on, the manipulatives, the colored cubes and the, um, the, the, the things that we use to help them while they, like, let's say, write their story. And um, they need the socialization. And not to mention that these kids, the attention span of someone who's in grade one, they can't sit and do online lessons from, what, what is it, eight to three. Yeah, and, that's, and that's actually a good point, yeah. So Just sitting, you have like, their attention span. Mm. They need someone to talk to. They need outdoor play. Mm. They need to uh, go out, socialize. They, they have energy. They need to run. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> they need to let out the energy. <laughs> yeah. So online learning, maybe with, you know what, with kids who are in, and again, I'm not a high school teacher, so uh, this is not me talking or speaking from experience. Um, maybe for the ones who are in grade 11 and 12, and then they have to go to uni one day yeah. or college right after, and they need to be like 100% independent. Maybe this was a good training for them. Yeah. As in like now you're Yeah, that's what like my sister had to do, for example, yeah. for a year. Yeah. Exactly. So she had to be 100% responsible for her own learning because mm -hmm. in real life, when she goes to college, nobody's going to be like, oh, you didn't submit your homework. Please do it. On your so own. maybe yeah. that was easy, but I'm telling you for kindergarten. So can you imagine a kindergartner doing online learning? Like yeah, it doesn't really work. It's, you, you need, and you need the parent to be in. Like, and the parent has, has to, to be, be there. with them, yeah. with them to have them log in. And it was, mm. I'm telling you, even like the the teachers who did online with KG, like bless them. I don't know how they did it, honestly. Yeah. She, she, my friend, she, she teaches KG. Oh my god! Yeah, yeah. That's yeah. why she was in tears. Yeah, yeah, I know, I know. And I, I tell her, I tell her, I'm like, I don't know how you have the the patience. You have yeah. to be, I think, especially for kids, you have to be a really special person because to be able to like handle. That, you know, when honestly. when you're teaching I, KG, respect, I can't do it. Um, <laughs> I think the very beginning of COVID, I'm not sure if my daughter was in KG one or KG two back then, but she's in grade two now. But anyways. <laughs> I would sit and I obviously she's online and I'm doing my work or teaching my lesson on a different computer and she's like let's say sitting next to me and then I would be listening into the conversation and you would have these kids pop in and be like miss can I show you my new toy <laughs> because like you know now they're talking to the teacher but yeah. they're in their own homes and yeah, the teacher yeah, yeah. bless her I still remember how patient she was with them and she'd be like oh yes please show me mm -mm. oh that's really nice can we can you show me this the last five minutes of the lesson I promise I'll call you again after two so you yeah. can show me your toys but now we need to go back to audition <laughs> or yeah so yeah that was hell for them yeah no, I, I can't <laughs> even imagine I don't know how I oh I'm a person that I I feel, I feel like I know myself well, so I know my limits. So when I see people doing things that I know I can't do, huge respect, you know? See, my friends, they always tell me, how can you deal with kids all day and then you go go back home and you have your own kids? Yeah. Huh? How do you do it? And you yeah. teach your kids. Yeah. yeah. So because you're a teacher, you, you I don't know if this becomes like, for me, it's OCD because I, go, I know like, oh no, if you don't do this, then this might turn into something bigger. And mm -hmm. then no, you're not missing out on this. You need to, and again, um, but if you do it and you love it and you love teaching and you love the kids and you love this, because there's no boring day in teaching. 
I can't no imagine day is. is the same. Yeah, I can't so it's not it this mundane job where you sit behind a desk. Or Every day is different. Yeah. And I think for someone, like I'm someone who gets so bored so easily of anything and everything. <laughs> so I don't think I can do a normal job where you sit behind a computer from just like nine to five. To, yeah, no, I, yeah. I don't think I can do that. Yeah. It's impossible. That's fair. And you're interacting with people. People, people. with the kids, yeah. with their parents, with the adults that work with you, and it, yeah. it's fun. There are fun days. Yeah, I can imagine. Honestly, yeah. There are again. There are days that are ugly. Absolutely. <laughs> there but are days is... where you realize that you haven't eaten. Yeah, I can imagine. Because there was not a single minute. You're just running around like exactly. non-stop the and whole we day, run. Right? I'm <laughs> telling you, there are days where we are really running around. That's good. We get the steps in too. Oh That's yeah. Good. Oh, our steps are in. Like now, for, um, this year and actually last year they moved. Um, like uh, my colleagues and I, they moved our classes on the second floor. So we're up and down between ground and second all the time. So our steps every Chilling. single day, beautiful. 10,000, easy. Oh yeah, easily, like easy. that. So that's easy. beautiful. <laughs> um, no, that's awesome. Um, Farah, I just have a few more questions for you. Yeah. Um, first of all, I wanted to ask, so you've been in education for about 12, tw- years, 12 now. years now, yeah. right? So you, when you went into it, I'm sure you had a certain perspective or outlook on what it's going to be like, how is it going to be? Mm. And here we are now, 12 years later. So my question to you is, how has your perspective changed from then to now? And I guess, what has been maybe the most significant change? Wow, that's a a tough one. (laughs) Okay. Um, When I started, I was also very young. So I started teaching when I was 22. So... I also need to be subjective in my answer, or sorry, I need to be objective and not subjective and say my perspective changed, not just because the teaching changed, because because I changed. Of course. I was a kid myself. Of course. Of and course. then now I'm like 12 years in and, and, and so on. So 10, 11 years now. Um, I'd say it's, um, well, COVID happened and that changed everything as well. Um, in between the world changed. There was a lot of focus on, as you said, well-being and mental health and kids being active and all that, the things that also like Dubai brought in. I know it sounds weird and you're going to tell me how is that related, but you have like the Dubai Fitness Challenge. Mm. Do you have any idea how that went into education and went into schools? It was a big part of schools, for example. So all these things that you look at the bigger perspective and you see like if the, the country itself or the city is moving forward, that's also it's going to pull everything forward. Pull too, everything right? forward. Yeah. And that's, yeah, yeah. I think, what happened. in Because when I started teaching, there were teachers at the school who have been there and they've been teaching for 15 years before, like senior teachers. And all the 15 years, they were like, it was the same. Nothing changed. The same mundane job, the same way of teaching. And then when KHDA started, all these inspections started bringing in all these internal, um, uh, all these external assessments, all this pressure on like there are certain standards and the bar has been set up so high, mm-hmm. high standards, and that's just moving everything forward. So I think that also changed. So I feel like there's no room for slacking. There's no room for saying that you're in this, um, you're in this job because uh, you got the summer off and you go back home early. No, if, if you're in there for that reason, I don't think that works. It's, um, what else? Uh, wait, I, I, I don't know. Take your time. <laughs> it, 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 okay, the question. Yeah, yeah, it happens. Don't ah, worry. Uh, so, so, my perspective changed. Yeah, how has your perspective changed, I guess, from when you first started teaching to now? 
Okay. One other thing that also like my perspective changed is again coming from a family that was like as you said uh, as I said sorry um, education was a big thing you had to excel academically and so on when I first started you you would have this notion that if a kid is like the A student then that kid is the best at everything and then realize that that's not real that's mm. not true mm. you can have other kids who are academically let's say just average or even below average they can excel at so many other things. They can be your star player, your star football player, or or your academically excellent kid, your A student, knows nothing but the books. True. Yeah, so, there you go. That's a, good, so that's a great point. It was, like was eye-opening to yeah. realize that this student, or that's also fun, uh, funny that, let's say you, you teach at a school and you're there for like several, several years and you still can see the kids and it was someone who I taught, like, let's say, in grade five or six. And then I get to bump into that person when they're in grade 10 or 11. And you see a huge shift or change. Like, how did, what did this person yeah. grow, grow up go to like, be? Wow. How did they grow up, right? This shy girl became the super outgoing girl. Mm. Or that super talkative boy, the crazy one who was always supposed to be sent to the, uh, you know, the principal's office is now the, the one leading student council. Or yeah, yeah, yeah. You go like, wow. So, again... Maybe, as you said, and you mentioned the word bias or judgmental, maybe as teachers you have this idea in your head about a student, and by the end of the year you go like, okay, um, if like let's say the next year's teacher mm-hmm. is yeah. going to ask you about that student, and you go, you can you can give them a briefing about each student, sure. right? Yeah. But that's not true. It doesn't it doesn't stay the same. It's not it's not it's not stagnant. Yeah, that's so what it is. Like today, can, the second tomorrow might be completely di- literally completely tomorrow completely different, right? and you bump yeah, into yeah, them yeah. and you go like, wow. Um, and I love it when I bump into my former students. So there are oh, students sure, that I sure. taught yeah, yeah. who are now in university and some who have actually graduated. That's crazy. And running into them is just so nice. Yeah. It's so nice to hear about them, their achievements, and it makes you so proud. Oh, of course, of yeah. course. Or you run into them and then they tell you something and in your head you didn't even expect that. It catches you off guard a yes, little bit. Yeah, yes. yeah, yeah. So yeah, I think that my perspective is the fact that when I started teaching, I didn't know how much this job has so many things that go around it. Yeah. And it teaches you. And it of makes co- you humble. Yeah. makes you very humble when you realize some kids go through things at very young ages that you say, I myself in my 30s can never endure what this kid is in- enduring. So it, you hold a lot of respect for those kids sometimes. And um, yeah, and, and again, I think... Sometimes you need to break stereotypic images that you have in your head. I'm sh- That's I, in a nutshell. Yeah, yeah. It's all about stereotypes. Yeah. They're there. Yeah. Sometimes you need to push yourself to break that stereotypic image because yeah. it's, it won't be fair. Yeah. And I think that's such an interesting, that's such an interesting learning um, and listening to you explain it. And even for myself, like, I feel like when I started this conversation, I was kind of like you at 22. I'm like, oh, this is how teaching is. This is how it should be. And like now, I'm <laughs> I like, saw you. I saw your yeah, face. I'm yeah. talking. You're like, oh. I'm like oh, now. I'm like, oh, oh wow. There's all these things. <laughs> um, but I think it's um, listening to what you said about seeing a student, you know, that you taught years ago when they were younger, and seeing the person they have become, no matter what, you know, what age it is. Um, I think the feeling that you, it must be so fulfilling because oh, it's, it's you know. Like you, you can, you know, I like had a, I had a, I helped that person. I had a impact on their Definitely. life. I touched them, you know, like. I'll share some, with you two stories. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
last night actually okay. i don't know like you know what i'll Perfect share the link timing. honestly i'll share the link with her okay uh so she's a student she's one literally the first batch i ever taught she okay. she was in fifth grade now she's in uni i'm not sure if it's a senior she, she's a senior now or junior in uni but she's in uni she's doing um if i'm not mistaken she's doing psychology because i also follow her on, on nice. instagram Love and it. she has her own blog she okay. talks about mental health and all that and she was she's one of those kids who she had the spark mm. When she was 10, you could see it. Yeah. So she posted a picture of her and someone else that I taught. And they're obviously, they're still friends. And they're both super lovely girls, like amazing girls. And I have, you know, I follow both of them and all. And I said, I, I, I replied to her and I said, you have no idea how much seeing both of you just makes me so full. Yeah. Last night. Yeah, literally. yeah, yeah. And then I said, you know what? I have a venture in mind. And you're one of the people that I want to have. So if and when, I don't want to say if, when, when? I, la- I launch my podcast, I definitely want to have her in. And I, wanna, I want her to talk about her blog and how she started it and how at such a young age, she's aware of mental health and all that. Yeah, yeah. Versus when I was her age, I had no idea what that was. Neither, so, neither did I. So how funny that you just mentioned that. And yeah. the fact that I think it would be a very epic moment for me to have a former student of course that'd um, be such a great episode i yeah. wish i could have like i don't have any students but like i think it'd be yeah. really cool to like now as you're as an adult speak like yeah. have so a i, I have knew this her kind of i knew her when she was 10 and exactly. now she's this amazing woman exactly yeah but that was that would be such an interesting conversation yeah. I'll, I'll, well I'll, when that happens i'll share the link with please, you please please do <laughs> i'll definitely do i promise um farah uh, i just have two more two more questions for you um these are questions i ask all my guests all right okay um first of all Looking back at your life or reflecting either professionally, personally, if I ask you the question, what are you most proud of? What would you say? Wow. I hate those questions. They make you so, like, they, 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 they make you want to dig deep. And uh, what am I so proud of? <sighs> I'm definitely proud of my kids. Proud of who they are and proud of, the fact that you know they tell you it takes a village to raise a kid to to raise a kid and the fact that i know i raised my kids away from family mm-hmm. and who yeah. they are now what they are how they are and i love them with every single yeah, of course being in me yeah you're gonna make me cry now <laughs> <laughs> um yeah i'm proud of them i'm definitely proud of my kids i think yeah i i, I don't want to say they're an achievement because this goes back to the idea that parents think they own their kids. <laughs> yeah, but, but, but I get what you're yeah, saying. Just, yeah, I, I want you to understand that I'm not trying to say that they are my achievement. It's, it's not that. Yeah. I'm definitely proud that at a point where I thought it was impossible when I was doing my master's degree, uh, I had a full-time job. Yasmin was four months old. I had no help. Not even like a live-in, someone who lives with you and supports you. And I pushed through and I remember it wasn't easy. But for me, it was something that I wanted to do and I really did it. Yeah. So looking back at that, it does make me feel proud that I pushed through in moments where a lot of people doubted me. As in like, you're crazy. Nobody does that. You have a four months old baby and, and you have a full time job. Why do you even need the master's degree? Like, just you're fine. Don't mm. You don't need it. Mm. There's that. And I think I'm also very proud because I've been through a lot of things in in my life the past two, three years, and again with COVID and what COVID did to all of us. Yeah, oh <laughs> I'm yeah. telling you, Khaled. Oh yeah, for sure. And I, I, I pushed through as well. Yeah. And I, um, I became aware more of who I am. And um, let's say I've delved deeper into my authentic self and I'm trying to be more aligned with 
who I am and what I really want instead yeah. of just um, putting up pretenses all the time or doing what is expected of me. What is expected of you? Yeah, no. Uh, and that takes a lot of courage to break from that. Oh, for you. <laughs> I'm telling you, it's not easy being an Arab woman. I can, yeah. Not I, easy. And unfortunately, I can't relate to the woman part. I can relate on to the, the Arab, Arab part. To the Arab part. <laughs> um, True. Uh, it's, so, it's really interesting. Um, a lot of times when I've asked that question, a lot of times, more than I'd say half the time, people talk about their kids. Um, and oh, okay. How, yeah, yeah. It's a very common. It's a very common. It's common. That, yeah, okay, good. That good. I found um, because I, I, I was like, no, I don't want to be depicted as one of those parents who think that your no, kid is your possession. No, of a, course not. A lot of. People, um, there you go. But yeah. a lot of people, a lot of people talk about like they have kids. They're okay. like, I'm so proud of my kids. I'm so proud of all that kind of stuff. Um, I don't have kids yet, so for me. <laughs> When, when I hear that and to hear it so commonly, I'm like, man, I can't even imagine like what it's like to be a parent. You know what? It's your kids would be the only people on this planet who you would truly want to see them excel and be better than you at everything. And oh, if anyone sure, tells you sure. that, oh, no, but like I love my sisters and my brothers and my, um, I don't know, family, siblings, your partner, whomever it is, there's always this tiny 1% part in you mm. where you go like mm, why not me or but yeah. with your kids it's never that it's all it's just it's it's, just, it's you want them to be the best definitely yeah. better you want yeah. what's what makes you want to see them happier and better than you are in all aspects yeah and i yeah it's I, unconditional love yeah it's the only there i think it's, it's the only kind of unconditional love. I'm, i would i think i would agree with you um and on the point that you talked about about uh pushing like pushing through that difficult time and doing what's not expected of you and becoming <clears throat> more aware of yourself i think my personal this is my perspective i think the biggest challenge you ever everyone ever has internal conflict just who you are yes. just look in the mirror yeah the chat my like if i tell people i'm like if you can look in the mirror before you go to sleep at night and you can be happy with yourself you do, you're in pretty good you're doing pretty good yeah i think you know because this mind that we have, um, as beautiful as it is, is also like our biggest enemy. And 100%. You know, we can if we open this topic, we're going to dive deep. So I'm oh, gonna, oh, that's going to take us a lot to yeah, a completely different. Okay. Uh, we'll do it. We'll take it for the next round. Yeah. Um, and the last question I wanted to ask you, Farah, mm -hmm. is what is the message you'd like everyone to take home with them today? I hope you've asked me those before and let me prepare for them. That's, no? why, that's why I never I That's why I never give them. And you never them. reveal the questions. I know. Um, I never revealed those two mm -hmm. because I want them to be in the Real, moment. Real, yeah. exactly. Um, what I would say is, um, obviously, I want I want people to see that. I, I definitely would want people to appreciate teachers more, to know the amount of effort that goes into teaching and that goes into actually nurturing those kids. Yeah, um, it's not easy, definitely. And I also would want parents to not overwhelm their kids with unrealistic expectations because that mm -hmm. also puts a lot of pressure on kids. Yeah. When kids have these unrealistic expectations from their parents and they become this paranoid kid who they don't want to not please their parents, but at the same time, maybe this is not what they want to do. Yeah. So I think parents also need to be more open-minded. And, and honestly, I do believe that things are way better now. And yeah, parents for sure, are way for sure. more yeah, aware. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's definitely not like when we went to school. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And um, yeah, and like honestly, academic ac excellence is not everything. There is way more like mental and emotional and social well-being. I think they beat academic excellence at its best. Yeah, um, I think that's a 
beautiful message and a great, great way to end the show. I love what you said at the end about, it's, like you said, it's true that things have changed now. Um, and, but listening to our conversation, what I've learned is um, I think there's so many more things that go into like schools and teaching and education that I'm completely you know, not aware of. That's why at the beginning when I was talking to you about my perspective and whatever, but listening after our conversation, I feel like I think about it a little bit differently now. And now good, that's good. in the future, I will be looking for certain things that you said and so on. Um, so I wanted to say, Farah, thank you so, so much thank for you, coming Khan. on the show. Thank you. This, this has been so much fun. I knew it would be just from that phone call. I'm like, I knew this would be easy. I knew it would be fun. And it's a subject that I'm genuinely, I like to learn. So I like having people who can teach nice. me. It's nice. And I like that like you've given me this place or this medium to say what I feel and, and, and talk about all these things that, they, as I said, like they really annoy you sometimes when people don't know how hard people in the education sector are working. Yeah. So no, thank I, you. Thank you for that. Like, no, of course. Hope it pleasure. helps. Oh, yes. I mean, hope as in like hope it helps some people to yes. change their perspective. Exactly. That's all we're trying to do with the show yeah. anyway. Um, Farah, if people want to reach out to you, connect with you, I don't know, work with you, how can um, they get in touch? My Instagram. Instagram? Share that. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Okay, cool. Guys, to everyone listening, uh, thank you so much. Farah, thank you again for coming on the show. Thank I really you, appreciate thank it. Thank you. This has been a pleasure. No, really, the pleasure is on mine. Uh, guys, make sure to follow, share, like, and subscribe to the podcast at Hope It Helps, hope.it.helps on Instagram. And as always, guys, hope it helps. Peace.